0: yo what's up welcome to the throwback hoops podcast this is episode two and my name is rob clayton joining me today is my homeboy woody v woody how are you mate
1: good man finally lockdown is coming to an end robbie you know uh i think it's been three or four months and uh second last day so looking forward to be uh able to go out and maybe throw you some of them nice passes in the corner so you can you can hit them threes on thursday night for me man and give me some get my assist numbers up
0: what's that first thing you're going to be doing when um freedom day arrives on monday woods
1: um, I mean, I, I want to get to the pub. To be fair, right? My mum probably wouldn't like th- me saying I that, you right? Might say but that. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. going to get to the pub, bro, for sure.
0: Good yeah. to hear, mate. All right. Well, it's great to be back, guys, with episode two. Um, look, just wanted to say thanks very much for everyone for the the great feedback we received last week. Um, we had a lot of sort of. Uh, comments and feedback and everything like that. And we're really sort of appreciative of the words that the people sort of um, uh, spoke there. Um, Obviously just to let you know um, before we continue where you can find us. um, So as you remember, we've got our YouTube channel where you just uh, type in throwback hoops and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Also, if you are listening via podcast, you can do that via anywhere that you can find your podcast. So whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbay, or any of those, uh, those places there is where you'll find us. Um, so, look, I guess before we sort of continue today, we might sort of get into our jerseys first, Woods. Um, sure. let's, uh, let's show the, the viewers what you're wearing today, mate. Show sure thing, Rob. Okay, so, yeah, Woody's wearing a, a very retro Hobart Cascade Devils David Radar Close jersey. Now, firstly, Woods, that is an immense jersey, mate. I really like that one. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about David Close.
1: Well, first oh, of all, all we've got the tree. David Close Futura 1994 card here. I mean, the first time I saw David Radar close was uh, in that nineteen ninety ninety one season with your Perth Wildcats, mm-hmm. and he was teammates with, uh, you know, James Crawford, Mike Ellis, Pete Hansen, and then last week we spoke about Tiny Pinder and Ricky Grace, right? And that was that final series versus the Eastside Spectres and Brian Gorgian's team, as you'll remember, mm-hmm. famous three-game series. But uh, Close really came to prominence when he moved to the Hobart Tassie Devils. I um, mean, he was given more of a role on a lesser team without as many stars, and he became a double digit scorer there. Uh, and you get a name like David Radar Close. <laughs> um, it's because he was a straight up marksman. He was, he was, he was well, a bit
0: ahead of his time, wasn't he? In terms well, of well before points. his time. And yeah. I mean, just a
1: little stat for you in that 94 season, he put up seven and a half three pointers out of 11 three point attempts. And that was unheard of in the early that, 90s. They weren't
0: exactly from uh, on the three point line either, were they no. about a step back. <laughs> no,
1: NBA three point right. line. And, and, you know, when, we, when we're growing up as kids, uh, a lot of people have uh, heroes in the NBA. Uh, but a lot of my heroes were in the NBL and David Close was one of my heroes. Um, and I used to, like, pretend to shoot like him in the backyard and try and copy his technique because I thought, I mean, this guy is just crazy, right? Uh, so, yeah, David Close was a big uh, I was a big fan of David Close growing up. and uh, very little has been heard of him. I mean, recently, I, I mean, I'll, I'll call out the Brad and Body podcast podcast again. Um, Andrew Vlahov talked about attending the Australian Institute of Sport with David Close in the late '80s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he he had a great NBA career, which spanned uh, up till 1998. But very little has been heard of him since then. No, I don't know what he's doing or what life was like after he tra- transitioned to you know life after basketball. So if anyone knows what David Close is doing right now, please you know uh, holler at us, and let us know. And yeah, by all course. chance, David Close is listening to this himself. Please let us know what you're doing, David. Reach um, out to us,
0: Radar. That'd be great. No, I really like that, Woods. That's a that's a great retro jersey there. So, look, I guess for my jerseys this week, you can see uh, I've got a New Zealand Breakers jersey hanging in the background um, as I'm going to be doing their preview today. So it's a Corey Webster jersey. So as you know, Woody, I was a really big fan of Corey Webster when he was playing. So you were. Look, I am a little bit disappointed he's, he's out of the league now. But look, you know, he, he did have a great sort of career here. Um, in terms of the jersey I'm wearing today, I thought it'd be fitting for that... Um, you know for the sort of first one that i'm sort of wearing an nba jersey that obviously uh rep someone from the atlanta hawks um so i'll just show you what i'm wearing today and i'll just tell you a little bit about him
1: yeah so beautiful atlanta hawks jerseys for those who are listening to the audio version of the podcast robbie has got the plastic man stacy augman and there you can see his 94, like, 95 like one, clear card. I love the plastic, man. I was just recently using the plastic man on NBA 2K. So nostalgic, great Atlanta Hawks jersey, man. Nice,
0: definitely. Well, look, for those that don't remember Stacey Augman, it is going back a fair way. Um, he was drafted in the 91 NBA draft by the Atlanta Hawks at pick nine. Um, and he came from UNLV. So some people will remember that running Rebels team that had um, Greg Anthony and Larry Johnson. So Stacy Augman was a part of that. Um, Look, he he had a pretty good career. Um, He had five years with the Hawks in which he averaged double figures, um, was a great defender, as we mentioned, a high flyer that you'd sort of see on NBA action most weeks. But... Look, his career did sort of tail off a little bit uh, after that. I was actually sort of a little bit surprised doing a little bit of research there. He actually never averaged over nine points again after leaving the Hawks, no, which was, was no. strange. Um, I guess since then, um, the Plastic Man has been doing some coaching. Um, he has had a couple of assistant coaching roles with Milwaukee and Orlando. Um, his last um, his last role, he was overseas, but that was sort of pre-COVID. He was an um, assistant coaching career, so obviously not sort of sure what's happened after that, but... Yeah, the Plastic Man. It's definitely a great sort of throwback there. Um, This particular champion jersey that I'm wearing, just for obviously the the listeners there, it's the red Atlanta Hawks road uniform. It's probably from about 93, I would have thought, this particular one. Um, But, yeah, definitely one of my sort of uh, favourite sort of old school uh, champion collections that I've got in there anyway. So. All right. So, look, I guess we'll just sort of move on and just um, let you know what we're going to cover today. Um, So, look, we are going to keep the format sort of pretty similar to how we did last week. Um, We've got a couple of NBL previews coming up. Um, Woody's going to be handling the jack jumpers. I'm going to be handling the breakers. Uh, We'll also then be um, basically sort of talking about the Aussies in the NBA. We'll also talk about um, the Atlanta Hawks and sort of a bit of Hawk talk there. So yeah, I guess we'll sort of get straight onto it, Woods. If you're sort of good to go, um, we might sort of get onto uh, the Jack Jumpers. Obviously, the expansion team of the NBL that are joining this year. So yeah, take away, take it away, Woods. Let us know about the these new Jack Jumpers.
1: Well, first to see, first first thing to say, it's really good to see the NBA growing and, and, and an expansion team coming in into the league this year. Um, and look for all the listeners who can't see the the roster. I might just go through the roster really quickly. Yeah, that's so, good idea, Woods. Um, we got scott roth roth from the perth wildcats as the head coach um and in the backcourt we got the two josh josh josh's uh imports josh Majet and 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 josh adams uh sam mcdaniel it's a small forward coming over from uh, melbourne united Uh, We got Mikhail McIntosh at Power Forward, the Canadian and Will Magnet with a new lease on life coming in uh, and starting at that center position. And what Scott Roth has done is uh, fill the team with a whole heap of uh, veterans to come off the bench. We got Agent 97, Jared Weeks. Uh, we got um, Clint Steindl from Perth, Jack McVay, who's going to be a fan favorite, and Jared Berstow as well. I was about to uh, say,
0: Woody, there's something about this roster that looks a little bit familiar for for a, a Perth Wildcats yeah. fan here. Can you tell me what that might be, mate?
1: Definitely, the Perth Wildcats influence is, is obviously huge here. Um, you know, Scott Roth coming over, he's brought Jacob Chance as well as his assist, assistant coach with um, that Perth Wildcats background, and and you know, with with uh, Clint Steindl and and Jared Berstow. Um, and, and not like he didn't try to, to, to get Nick K and, um, and a few others over, but was unsuccessful in, in, in doing that. But, um, yeah, you can definitely see that Perth influence, uh, here on that, on that Tasmania Jack jumpers roster. And, uh, one guy they got here as a, as a next star, and I got to get my pronunciation right. I got to say last week that, uh. Uh, my cousin Mahesh called me up yesterday and he's like Woody man uh, Biwali Bayless is not Bayless it's bales like cricket bales oh, so right. yep. I, I know I know Biwali listened to the podcast so I'm really sorry man for getting your name wrong so I called my uh, Russian friend Andre so I said Dre mm-hmm. how do I say how do I say this name so he, he 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 schooled me on that so we got Nikita Mihailovsky from Russia as a next star
0: you've done so, well there
1: Woods. what can you tell us about him uh, yeah, so basically, he's a, he's a young kid, 18 years old. Uh, he's done really well uh, at, at the junior levels. He, he started to be a, a second-round pick next year, and we know that you know coming into the uh, NBL, it, it can raise your stock uh, and really set you up for a career in the NBA, like like we discussed last week, as sure. pastor, part of the Next Stars program. Um, he's a shooting guard. He shoots a good clip from three. Um, he's a good playmaker. He's six foot seven. Uh, he's got a wingspan of 6'11". So, you know, it's nice to see these European guys coming uh, to the league. And and, get, and I think you'll touch on it a little bit later with your New Zealand Breakers preview yeah, yeah. Um, to, to come into the league. So I'm really excited to to see what he has to offer. Uh, let's just quickly touch on, on the imports. I mean, Josh Majet, he, I mean, being Hawks fans, he's no stranger to us. I mean, yeah, we, we, we've seen him play and, you know, terrific floor general and uh getting this opportunity to come and play on on this expansion team is going to be good because you know having a point guard who can run the offense whose experience is going to be is going to be good it's going to be his
0: team isn't it I think with Majet so it's going to be interesting to see you know obviously with all that sort of pressure and responsibility how he goes but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to see him absolutely right
1: yeah absolutely and, and a guy like Josh Adams he's going to be a, a crowd favorite you know and one of the most exciting plays in the league straight away you see like a guy like him, we call him a professional scorer. He can get it done in a, in a variety of different ways. He's a pogo stick, you know, just check out Josh Adams clips on YouTube. I know you've been doing that. Right. I have, like, yeah. And I, I understand you're probably excited by a McDaniel playing
0: in a, in a, oh, a Tasmania yeah. uniform. And I mean,
1: his dad was wearing this very Jersey with the McDaniel on the back of it. Right. So it's kind of nostalgic to see uh, Wayne McDaniel's son, uh, also, going to be uh, playing for, for the new Tasmanian team, right? It's kind of. Makes you feel uh, bold, I reckon, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I <laughs> mean, 20, 25 years later, his son's coming and playing for, for the Jack Jumpers. It's just got a nice feel about it. I think Sam McDaniel, uh, he really started to grow as a player uh, last year uh, in that Melbourne United system, but that's the equal opportunity offense. You know, the minutes are spread out. I think what he's going to get uh, this year is an opportunity to play a little bit more. He's going to be able to start straight away. Uh, and Scott Roth was saying on, on, on his interview with Liam Santa Maria the other day that McDaniel has a chance to take his game to the next level and potentially become a boomer going going forward. So I'm really excited to see what Sammy Mack has to offer. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of uh, love from from guys like Jock Landale who said he could be starting on any team in the NBL. So, he's is respected,
0: you know, isn't he? Yeah. Um, look, there's, there's two other guys I wanted to sort of just touch on with you as well, Woods. There's sort of one yep. that,
1: you know, I'm a big fan of in um, Jared McVeigh.
0: Um, I just really likes sort of the way he plays. Um, the other one is Will Magne. Um, look, obviously, you know, as we mentioned, I am a Wildcats fan. So we yep. did see him a little bit last year. I don't think the, the system was quite, you know, set up and, and designed to sort of, you know, show Will's true strengths there. But how are you feeling about both of those two guys?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, let's let's touch on Magne r- right away. Like, uh, he came in a... Uh, with with a slightly bigger frame and I I don't I don't know if Perth was the right fit for him. Uh Scott Roth has, has said that he, he's lost a bit of weight. Um he's trying to get him fit in time for the regular season. He's about 6 to 8 weeks away from playing. Um so hopefully now with the with the season possibly pushed out a little bit, uh Will Magney will be able to start on, on game 1. Uh, and Will Magney asked Scott Roth, "Listen, get me a good guard. Get me someone who who can run the offense and I can play, you know, Play alongside and straight away, Scott Roth went and got Josh Majette. So, I think those two are going to like really play off each other really well. You're going to see them log lob passes from Josh Majette, and, and Magne is going to potentially, uh, you know, earn a case to go back to the NBA. I, I think that um, last year at Perth wasn't the best for him. So, having this fresh start, having a guard that he can play with, is going to be really good for him. In terms of Jack Muffet, what a nice guy. You know, yeah, I was going to say, like,
0: apologies. Yeah. I think Jared McVeigh might be a footballer, but yeah, apologies, it's Jack McVeigh. Yeah. But yeah, go, Jack on, go Ma- on there.
1: Jack, 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 Jack McVeigh is just a nice guy. You know, he's just a, he's a, he's an effervescent personality uh, and the Tasmanian public are going to love him, kind of like David Stiff looking back 25 years ago. Uh, Jack McVeigh is going to play that role in the community. Um, he had his, uh, you know, most improved player speech ready to go. Um, he and he I put think put the ball uh, in the bucket, can't
0: he? he really yeah, can. definitely.
1: And I think, like... Um, Playing under Connor Henry wasn't great for him. You know, he had a lot of, you know, guys playing the four and three spot there, and he didn't get the minutes he he would have uh, liked last year. Mm-hmm. So I think this year, I think maybe not the most improved player. He could probably be the sixth man of the year. I don't know, Scott Roth has said that I want him to sort of, um, you know, work on the same sort of um, framework that, that, that a guy like... Um, um, Jesse Wagstaff has mm, has, yep. has done for Perth, you know, a power forward. He wants him to play the four spot. Um, He's going to be able to get buckets in a hurry. He can get it done in a variety of different ways in the post. He can shoot the three. So, you know, I think that the sixth man of the year award uh, is, is something that um, Jack McVay could look at this year as opposed to the most improved player. I want to quickly touch on Mikhail McIntosh, mm. right? I think he's going to be one of the most underrated imports in, in the in the NBL this year. He's from Canada. And you got to look back to like dave thomas uh for another canadian import to come to this league rob i don't think i can think of any other canadian imports apart from those two can you
0: i, I can't know i mean geez dave thomas was great to watch back in the day but when we're talking what was that sort of early noughties now maybe mid mid-noughties yeah. it's, it's been a yeah. long time since yeah so that will be an exciting opportunity for
1: him and i've been doing my research on on mikhail mcintosh and this this guy he can he can get it done in a variety of different ways just a solid player he's great on catch and shoot threes he can score off the dribble from the mid-range. He's got a good low-post game. He's an above-average athlete and rebounder, and he's getting slept on a little bit. And 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 no one's really spoken about him much. But uh, I think in terms of uh, underrated imports, guys who can make an impact in this league, Mikhail McIntosh is going to be one. I'm a huge fan of, of Fabi and You know that, you know. Okay, yep. Um, and you know him coming in here, he's lacked a bit of confidence and self-belief. And I think Scott Roth is going to give him that. Matt Kenyon is a guy who was a, a DP with the uh, Brisbane Bullets a few mm, years ago. Yeah. Um, he's now gone to the G League and and, uh, and really um, developed his game a little bit. And it's good to see him get this opportunity as well. Uh, probably going to be backing up, uh, uh, you know, Josh Adams at that shooting guard spot. Uh, so, I mean, this roster looks okay for, a, for an expansion team. I know we were talking earlier and you said that, you know, uh, you, they're probably going to be the, the wooden wooden spooners, but um, yeah, yeah. Look, it's a tough one for me. Look, there's
0: some great names on that roster, but when you look at sort of how strong some of these other NBL teams are this season, you know, with all sort of respect to the Jack Jumpers, I think it's going to be quite hard. Um, something I wanted to sort of touch on as well, there, Woods. I know we both listened to. Um, Liam Santa Maria's NBL podcast, The Huddle, last week, where he had Scott Roth on there. We did, um, yep. Thought it was sort of very interesting here about hearing about how Scott Roth was basically with the Minnesota Timberwolves in their expansion year as a player. Um, and now he's basically in Australia sort of coaching an expansion team um, with for their first season. So I thought that was just quite interesting. I just wanted to obviously sort of touch on that. But, um, yeah, so he's obviously sort of been around this sort of situation before and probably knows what it's, what it's like with a new team. So I thought that was an interesting one anyway. Yeah,
1: and with an expansion team, Robbie, it's not just about, um, you know, a new roster. It's a new community. You know, it's a new fan base. Mm. Uh, and having that experience, um, being in that position before, uh, Scott Roth is going to, you know, be in a good place to, you know, also contribute to the community and and, and help with that process. You know, having having had it, that. It's experience great previously. that there's going to be hoops
0: back there, isn't there? I mean, they are. They do love their sport in Tasmania, um, you know, and I think probably a lot of NBL fans were hoping that they would sort of get that franchise back. So I think that's great. Um, how about fantasy there, Woods? Um, how about um, give us a, a sleeper and and maybe and maybe a stud on this Tasmania team that you think might help someone's fantasy team.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, um, in terms of a stud, I'm going to go with Josh Majette here. Uh, uh, He's got an extremely good assist to turnover ratio. Um, He looks after the ball. He's going to give you maybe, you know, sort of 15 and eight straight away. Um, He can get you some steals. Uh, And I just think that this team is his. As you said, he's been given the keys to the offense. Yeah. Um, and you probably get him um, at, a, at a at a decent price straight away. So uh, Josh Majet's probably going to be that guy from the point guard position for me that's going to be the stud. Now, in terms of sleep, I'm going to go with Sam McDaniel, right? He's going to get, yeah. you know, 25, 30 minutes a game. He's going to get you those defensive stats right away. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to be a double-digit scorer, and he can probably he could fill be up could cheap a stat too, sheet. couldn't he, in NBL Fantasy? Yeah. It
0: could be, could be an easy sort of good buy to get at the start of the season, yeah. maybe.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, keep an eye out on Fabian Krislovich as well. You know, we've seen a couple of games last year for Cairns where he put up ridiculous numbers. So if he gets an opportunity, maybe, but Sam McDaniel's definitely going to be be my sleeper for uh, for the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think um, that pretty much covers the the Jack jumpers. Uh, you you done, your, you done your background work on, on the breakers this year?
0: Yeah, look, it was an interesting one for me. Sort of just spending a bit of time this week researching the breakers. Um, you know, they do have quite a quite a new team. Um, you know, Woody sort of put the put the slide up there for the for the people watching there. So, look, um, it obviously wasn't a great year for Tasmania. Uh, for, sorry for the breakers last year. Um, but look, there was a lot of circumstances and things against them there. Um, obviously, with the COVID situation, they were sort of in in Tasmania and sort of other parts of Australia for extended periods there. So. You know, look, I probably would maybe throw that season out a little bit last year. I think they've got a great coach in Dan Shamir. Um, and, look, they've had a pretty good core of their team returning back. So if you look in sort of terms of, of guys that are coming back, you've got Finn Delaney, you've got Tom Abercrombie, the veteran. Um, you've got guys like McDowell White, who basically stepped in last year and was really good. And, you know, plus guys like Rob Lowe are sort of coming back, um, Rasmus uh, Bark, and everything like that. So I think they've got some good players coming back. Um Probably like a few teams, there's been a big sort of change in their in their import and sort of yep. international players there. So, yeah, basically three brand-new imports plus a Next Stars player. So, I mean, basically we've got some very sort of, you know, talented players there. I mean, I guess sort of starting off with them there at point guard, they've got Peyton Seaver. Um, I guess NBA fans would probably be familiar with him. He had a... You know, he had a season with Detroit probably about, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago. Um, he's been based in uh, Berlin for the last five years in, in the EuroLeague. And he's a very exciting sort of, you know, leader type point guard. Um, so look, I think Peyton Seaver is going to fit in really well there He's also half Samoan as well So it was a big thing he sort of mentioned That sort of, you know, going back to New Zealand He could sort of, you know, experience some of that culture That sort of came from his dad's side there So yeah, I think a very interesting story in, in, in Peyton Seaver there um, And probably the other one I wanted to touch on as well Was uh, the two French guys there So we've got two, two teenagers that are coming here That are basically expected to be Well, pretty much first round picks, right? What are you hearing that with both of these guys? yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah definitely and 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 you know we were talking about um you know Canadians coming here and playing a an in import position right mm-hmm. um and we would talk about uh a European guys coming and taking up a, an import position we've got to think back to martin Mercep from from Melbourne as the last import that came here um and, and filled up a role for the tigers, That's so right. Hugo Besson is not even a, a, a part of the next stars program he's playing as a straight yeah, up. Import that's right. And Dan nice. sort of come
0: out and said that, hasn't he? You know, that they sort of were considering Besson for that spot. But obviously, you know, Jiang, his you know, his Frenchman sort of has got that spot already. So yeah, I guess with both of those two, I mean, in terms of Besson, you know, he's he's very much sort of a two. Um he's got some sort of great sort of highlight reels there. He's a good scorer. He's a high flyer. Um, I think he's also going to have sort of that three and D capabilities as well that yep. will help his NBA resume. Um, in terms of Osman uh, Deng, he's an exciting player too. I mean, he, he apparently is still growing, so I think he's I think he's six nine at the moment and still growing. But yeah, he's a very sort of versatile player. So I think he's actually been sort of spoken about a little bit higher than um, Basan at this stage. But yeah, very exciting to have two international players here that look are a very good chance of, of sort of being drafted, as we said, perhaps in the first round of the NBA. Um, Draft next year. Um, so look, the other sort of new signing I did want to touch on was the big man uh, Yanni Wetzel. Um, yep. So as we know, um, you know he was with the um, Phoenix last year. He had a, just a great um, debut season, and it's a I think it's a big coup for the Breakers to get him home. Um, he's a local player. Um, that was a big sort of get to get him. Um, I think he yeah have that a that, exp-
1: of- that mm. experience that he had with uh, Southeast Melbourne. Robbie, sorry to jump in there, would have been really good for him, and to come home on the back of that that strong season he had. Uh, It's definitely going to be good, right?
0: I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity here as well. I mean, look, in terms of the depth chart, there, you know, pretty much the only other sort of uh, bigs on the the roster. There's a DP player obviously in Timmins there and then sort of Rob Lowe. And We know sort of Rob Lowe's role. He'll come on. He'll sort of, you know, hit some sort of threes and sort of stretch out the defence. But I think Wetzel's got a lot of opportunities there. Um, It's a tough one for me, I guess, in terms of looking at these depth charts, just working out exactly who may start. Um, Look, obviously, we're a little way away from pre-season and everything like that. But um, look, there's probably a chance that they may start the three imports and then... Perhaps it might be the year that Tom Abercrombie, you know, becomes a six man, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, so yeah, so
1: tell me about Jer- Jeremiah Martin. I know you've done your research on him and yeah, you're a big so... fan of his and he's the most recent signing. So why don't he you speak is. speak speak about him a bit?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, look, Jeremiah Martin, um, he had some very good games with the Brooklyn Nets in the bubble, um, basically, in Orlando. So he's sort of fresh off that stint there. Um, look, he's a, he's a combo guard. Um, he's a left-hander, so he's quite sort of a tricky sort of player. He's very good at getting to the hoop and he can be, um, you know, sort of quite a good sort of natural scorer, I guess. So I think he's going to come on and come in and be very handy with them. He may be the one that they decide that they want to be that six man there for that, you know, the spark plug off the bench there, but um look, we'll see how we go, but certainly yeah, a lot of pedigree with him. And, and look, I think um, Jeremiah Martin, he's still quite young as well. So he's only 25, you know, he'll be really wanting to get back into the big league. He's he's shown that he can, can play over there already. So I think if he comes over and has a consistent season, um, I think he's, he may be one and done to be honest, but yeah. So look, um, I've got to say, I love this roster woods. I've looked through yeah. it. Um, it's got a lot of depth everywhere. Um. You know, I love McDowell White sort of being able to come on and sort of be that big sort of guard there because I feel like the other guards, that they're quite a small sort of backcourt there. So he comes on. They've got good bigs. Probably, look, I haven't mentioned Finn Delaney. Um, He was arguably their best player last season. Finn Diesel, man. Finn Diesel.
1: He is a a great player. Hey, BMW is one of my favorite players. You know that, right? You know, he's an extremely good uh, game manager. He's going to be able to set the table with all that talent around him. Um and I think not having those Websters on the team will actually allow McDowell White to thrive a little bit, you know. Yeah,
0: probably let's let's touch on that as well. I mean, a New Zealand Breakers team without a Webster, I mean it's it's a strange one. Look for those that probably haven't heard, I mean, they did sort of part ways with Corey Webster. I believe he's playing in in Egypt I think it might be he's gone over there if he
1: gets back if he decides to get vaccinated yeah Um,
0: (laughs) and look and that was obviously what sort of happened with Ty um, Ty Webster there he sort of couldn't commit given that sort of there may be a lot of games in Australia he wasn't sort of willing to undergo the vaccine there and they it was sort of mutually agreed to part ways so again a little bit disappointing you know he's sort of had a, a very good sort of career overseas and he's only just recently come to the NBL to sort of play here and you know, he never saw a shot that he didn't like, but he was exciting to, to watch there. So, look, a, a bit of a loss there, but look, in terms of yep. what they've replaced it with, with these imports, I I think this team is going to be very good. I'm certainly picking them to make the, make the top four this season. Woods.
1: So, so, Robbie, tell me a little bit about the playing situation. I know last year was a very difficult situation for New Zealand, not mm-hmm. being able to play many games at home till the very end. Uh, what's the word there, you know?
0: I think they're sort of still waiting to find out as well, to be honest. I mean, look, with the NBL season nothing is official as yet and we'll probably touch base on that most weeks but look it is looking like it may be a december start so Look, hopefully as time sort of goes on there, it may actually be better for New Zealand there. It may mean sort of things are sorted out with sort of various, you know, governments and sort of other things like that. So it may be that they can sort of go back to the, you know, to have the the normal schedule that every other team's doing because I think, like we said last year, to just have a handful of games at home, they were up against it all year. And that's, you know, it did sort of show in that with the standings. But I think they are a bit more equipped this year, even if they do have to play more away games. But yeah, look out for this team this year.
1: Yeah, nice. And 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 maybe you want to uh touch on who your fantasy stud and your fantasy sleeper would be on this roster. Yeah, be sure. Great. So
0: look, in terms of a stud, I if I was sort of starting a, a fantasy NBL team, I'd be putting Peyton Seaver in there straight away. I can just see him just being that that leader and that floor general for the team. Um, you know, he'll shoot good percentages, he'll get a lot of assists, he'll get steals. Um so and look, I think he probably will play quite a lot of minutes on that team as well as the leader. So I think he's probably a, probably a no-brainer for the stud there. Um, Look, it's probably a tough one in terms of um, maybe the sleeper. Maybe we could look at um, the young Frenchman, Ousmane um, Jeng there. So he could be that sort of guy that comes on. Um, you know, he's a great defender. He could sort of really come on and sort of create havoc there. We know that NBL Fantasy loves the big yep. guys, Woody. So, you know, he could come Absolutely. on and get some, yeah. get some offensive rebounds and, and get some block shots and he could sort of be worth his weight in gold there. But um, as I said, love this roster. So you could probably sort of, you know, substitute him for one of another, you know, a number of people on that roster and you'll still be getting good value
1: yeah yeah that, that's a fair call i think peyton shiva could be a, a outside candidate for mvp as well you I know think you're so, right.
0: yeah all right well no look that's the, the, the i guess the two previews for this week so we will sort of continue to bring um two team previews um, each week. So I've sort of been looking forward to do that. Um, just before we did sort of I go, guess, go into the next segment there, we did have a couple of, um, I guess, viewer emails and some comments and everything this week, which was great, Woods. Um, yeah, definitely. We, we did want to that. just sort of pick one and we may do that once a week. So look, apologies if we you know, if we haven't been able to get to you there. Um, but look, in terms of sort of the, the question this week, um, we had a great email from a, a listener by the name of Prabhu. Um, Prabhu sort of basically, it was a two-part question there, sort of asking, um, which um, player that played in the NBL that then went on to the NBA and made an impact, and then vice versa. So, you know, name someone that sort of played in the NBA and then came over to the NBL and, and did make a big impact here. So, Woods, I believe you're going to start us off, um, I guess, with the person that sort of made a big impact in the NBL. So, um, yeah, what do you got for us?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of options there, and I apologise to uh, all the others that have, have made an impact in the NBL after starting their career in the NBA, but I decided to go with Darnell Me. Right, and uh, Donnell Me was part of that uh, Nuggets team between uh, Denver Nuggets team between 1993 and 1995. He was actually part of that uh, Dikembe Mutombo team, that that eight seed, the ver- first ever eight seed that knocked off a first seed in the Seattle SuperSonics, and he played on that team. Yeah. Um, and then after he was done with his career um, in the NBA, he came over to the NBL. Uh, my brother and I used to you actually play uh, NBA action on the Sega Mega Drive, and Donnell Me was in the game. Uh, alongside Kevin Brooks, who also was on that Denver Nuggets team, so Don Elmy was actually instrumental in bringing over his good mate uh, Kevin Brooks to the uh, NBL, and De- Kevin Brooks is still living in Adelaide That's to this wrong. day and and contributing towards uh, Australian basketball. But um, yeah, just a little bit about his uh, CV. He's a two-time NBL champion with Adelaide in 1998 mm-hmm. and 1999. Yeah, the back uh, f- to right? Yeah, five-time uh, NBL Defensive Player of the Year, uh, two-time All-NBL First Team. I mean, in 2007, Don Elmi actually naturalized and became an Australian. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was that great three-game FIBA Oceanic Series versus New Zealand where Australia won 2-1 and Don Elmi was representing Australia. And that was when we first saw Paddy Mills before he even went to St. Mary's. Right, it's
0: it's funny with yeah. Darnell Me as well there. So I remember back in the day, um, basically the ABC used to show like an NCAA game. I think it was like on a Friday night, sort of once a week there. And I remember seeing Darnell Me play in college, and probably just his name sort of you know rang a bell with me. I thought that what a strange name, <laughs> Mwe, you know. So I kind of sort of did sort of follow his career, and then you know he obviously had the season with Denver. He obviously yeah. had bad luck with a broken leg there, but yeah, he it did. was yeah. it was a great one to sort of follow when he came over. And he did bounce around a little bit too, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did. You know, I'm a huge Cairns Taipans fan, so I love the time that he he spent there. And just going back to that series, I mean, for someone like Paddy Mills, a young 19 year old kid who hadn't even gone to college yet, who was representing his country for the first time, to have a guy like Don Elmi in the locker room would have been invaluable for him to to learn off. Um, yeah, and I, I guess um, we talk about the greatest defenders to ever play the game in in this country in the NBL and. I have to call out Darnell Elmi as the greatest. I know you'll probably say Damian Martin is the greatest. I mean, the trophy is named after him. But for me, the greatest on-ball defender I've ever seen in the NBL is Darnell Elmi. What you, what you got to say about that?
0: Well, I thought about walking off the podcast. But look, it's probably not a bad call, Woods. He is, he is an amazing defender. I mean, he was just such a long sort of player there. And, you know, look, Martin obviously you know, was the benchmark. And like you said, the trophy is named after him. But I dare say with Darnell Elmi, he could probably guard basically one through to five on a basketball court, couldn't he? Which is, yeah. <laughs> I don't think... you could. I I think you could sign for Diamond.
1: And in Marto's early days, I was at all West Sydney Razorbacks games, you know that. And and Marto was just a young kid and Don Elmy was in the league at that time. And 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 Marto actually speaks about how much he learned uh, from a guy like Don Elmy and watching him defend. So I think um, Don Elmy was a bit of a role model for for, for Damian Martin and, mm. and the fact that their careers overlapped a little bit helped Damian Martin learn, become the great, I mean, arguably the greatest defender in NBL history. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, shout out to a guy like Leonard Copeland, Josh Childress, you know, who also contributed in the NBL of course. after having good careers in the NBA. But you know, I decided to go with Don Alme. No, so what it- about the re- what about the reverse side of that question? I, yeah. I know you, I know you got a good one for us there. Oh, Thanks. definitely,
0: I've got a Homer one, which is this fine. But um, look, I'm going to talk no about surprise. James. No, no surprise. I'm going to talk about James Ennis. I mean, look, I could have kept it, you know, with someone like Joe Ingalls or something. But I think probably James Ennis is still someone that you know, not a lot of people probably realize that you know this season that he had in the NBL. So, um, so basically it's been seven years ago now, Woods, can you believe that he was here? Yep. So, um, yeah, Ennis came over here. He'd just been drafted by, by our Atlanta Hawks um, that same season. Um, and then I believe he was traded onto Sacramento, I think possibly. But um, look, he came over here and he was just a, a fan favourite from the first game. He was a, he was a high flyer, um, you know, call up his highlight reels on YouTube. He did some of the, you know, probably the biggest sort of dunks I've seen in my years watching the NBL. Um, look, he basically led the Wildcats that year to a twenty-one and seven record. Um, another championship woods, like one of like seven, eight, whatever it is. We won another one that year. Um, so, look, he was third in the MVP voting. Um, he was in the All-NBL first team. So that that was probably his NBL career. Um, look, after that, he, he went to the NBA. He has been somewhat of a journeyman, um, but he has been over there for the last seven years. He's, you know, he's played for a few teams now. He's played close to 400 games. So I think you can say that's a pretty successful career already. Um, look, as of the time we're doing the podcast right now, he actually doesn't have a role to go to. He's 31, certainly a veteran now. Are, but he's been very heavily linked with the Lakers. Um, yep. So as we know, Trevor Ariza, who's you know 65 years old, is basically injured, <laughs> and he's probably out for the next couple of months. So they have been talking with Ennis. I think Ennis would be a, a ready-made replacement yep. for for Ariza. He's younger. Um, you know, they're both sort of pretty decent shooters. They're both good oh. defenders. So. I'd really love to see Ennis get that opportunity to sort of, um, I guess, come in there. But um, we'll obviously see what happens there. Um, I know the Lakers are very loyal to Trevor Ariza, but yeah, James Ennis. Um, let's hope his career isn't over now, anyway. So uh,
1: he'll he'll be in the NBA this year. You know, yeah, I guarantee I, I you that. I think so too. And,
0: and if not, I believe you know, he scored. Yeah. I think he scored like 15 points in his last game last year for Orlando. So anyone that's sort of doing that, you know, you know, the fact that he is old now, getting older now, may be held against him. But look, hopefully, he gets another go. So, so, but look, yeah, definitely a shout out to Prabhu for the questions there. That was, we found that quite interesting sort of looking into to those and sort of answering those for you. So we do appreciate that. Um, look, I guess we'll go on now. Um, what are you just to our sort of next segment that we've got? Yep. And that's obviously the Australians in the NBA. Um, do you want to maybe sort of take us away a little bit there and, and sort of um, let the, the audience know who we've chosen to speak about this week?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's only pertinent that we speak about Jock Landale, right? Being a rookie um, and, and a guy that, just made an impact in the Olympic Games, so... Uh, yeah, J- Jock Landale's the guy on the San Antonio Spurs, I thought we'd cover this week, Robbie.
0: Yeah, absolutely, so look, I think it's exciting that he's going there, I know we were both thrilled when he sort of got signed, I think it was yeah. during the Olympics, wasn't it? I think it was sort of was. when Olympics is ongoing, was. so look, I mean, I know we've spoken about it, I think he's got a very good opportunity with uh, with the Spurs there, um, they've had a little bit of a, a change in the roster this year they've sort of, a few of the veterans have sort of moved on, whether it's the yep. the Patty Mills or the DeRozans or sort of guys like that so I guess the big thing as well with the Spurs there is, you know, they do have some depth at the big man spot there. But, you know, you look at someone like uh, Jakob Purtle. there. Um, you going to get any three-pointers from Jakob pertle there, Woods?
1: <laughs> no, he's offensively challenged, to ha- say the best. Has he ever made a three-pointer least, yeah. in five
0: years in the NBA? I no. I think he might no. have made one for Toronto, but he hasn't even taken one in three seasons for the Spurs. So... I think that's where Landale could really sort of solidify his role here. If he could basically stretch the defence and obviously sort of hit those longer sort of shots and, and sort of keep the defence honest there, I think he could be a big part yeah. there. And and as we know, Zach Collins is injured at the moment, right? So that's yeah. someone that he would have been sort of, you know, try to fight for minutes with against yeah.
1: there they got a guy like drew Eubanks there as well who but he doesn't generally shoot threes I mean Collins is only a 30% three-point shooter and and we saw Landale in the in the NBL last year shooting 40% from three on 3.6 attempts per game Mm. um he has the ability to you know pick and pop from mid-range he he offers something that the other big men don't right and do you you think he's
0: got that ability Woods to sort of stretch that shot out a bit further how do you think he'll go with that
1: yeah i think he'll go well man i think the nba three-point line will be fine for him right mm-hmm. and he's got a, a lot of experience playing in europe at international level we've seen him he's the mvp of the finals in, in the nbl last year yep. this guy should have been in the nba a long time ago i mean you you you, you talk about inferior players in the league uh, yeah. there's plenty of them right yep. so i mean for him to get this opportunity and you know the spurs have got this like thing for australian you know we, we, you, you look back to andrew gage shane hill Paddy mills aaron baines they've got a of course. Uh, thing with what can you tell
0: us about the connection with the Spurs at the moment there was because it's certainly a big one isn't there?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we're, we're talking about the the Australians in the Spurs, or what's, oh, I was what's just talking
0: about it? their assistant coach. All um, oh, right, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So look, yeah, obviously Matt Nielsen, the assistant Matt coach, Nilsson, he was yeah. obviously with the the Boomers in Japan as well. So him yep. and Landale will certainly work together, and I think that's going to be a big thing there. I mean, look, there's certainly no doubt that Landale he may have some G leagues at a time that sort of Spurs do seem to do that with yeah, their first few players. But yeah. look, like we said, there's you know there's not a lot of competition there, and if he can come in and sort of show the coaches that he can you know continue to play hard and obviously sort of have that shot about him there I think he's sort of a hes sort of got a good season coming up I think
1: yeah, I, mean, I almost forgot about the Matt Nielsen connection, man. Thanks for reminding me. So that's going to be great for, for him as well, having a familiar face there in that in that locker room mm-hmm. that uh, is going to be an ambassador for him as well. Uh, and I, I think, like, um, even having a guy like Thaddeus Young in that locker room is not going to yep. be bad, right? Hopefully the Spurs keep that Young, but he's a veteran. He's been in the league since 2007. Mm-hmm. So having a, like a guy like that to bring him along, it's not going to hurt him, is it?
0: And what about your boy, uh, DeJounte Murray, as well? I believe he made sort of a, he had a couple of quotes about Lando recently. Yeah. What were they? Said.
1: Well, he did say that he he played with Paul Gasol, and he's not by any stretch of the imagination saying Jock Landale is is Paul Gasol, but he yeah. has those instincts, those passing instincts for a big man. You know, he can p- pass out of the post, um, he can really create for 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 the other guys on the on the team. So he's a very high IQ guy, and Dejounte Murray's. Uh, really spoken highly of Jock Lendale and, and what he's seen from him so far in preseason. And he's looking forward to playing with him. So I think it really does bode well because Dejante Murray is the captain of that team basically now. You know, he runs it, you know, he, as you said, with all those guys going on, DeRozan, Paddy Mills. Yep. Dejante Murray's what, four, five-year pro now. He's probably going to be the, the leader on that team now. He's not a, yeah, he's right. not a young kid anymore. Yep. So if he can buy into Jock Landale and what he can contribute to the team, that's not going to hurt Jock Landale's prospects. As you said, he's probably going to spend some time in the G League, the Spurs like that. But that won't be bad for him at all. You know, he'll be able to start, show what he can do uh, uh, and, and then get that opportunity to to come up to the to Spurs full squad and and probably contribute, you know, closer yeah. to the all, all-star break in the back end of the season.
0: Of course. No, I'll certainly be looking forward to see how he goes. So, no, I appreciate that, Wood. So, look, mate, we might go on to probably my favourite segment that we do. We might uh, do a little bit of Hawks talk.
1: Sure, um, yeah. So look,
0: I guess for this week's Hawks talk, we wanted to speak about the two rookies that the Hawks have got. So I know there has been a little bit of talk about that. Um, we, we got sort of two rookies in the draft this year that a lot of people thought were going to go a lot higher than they were taken. Um, so, look, what he's going to be talking about um, – actually, I'll start us off, actually. I'll talk about our, yeah, our first-round pick. Yeah. Not so it, yeah. Look, so the, the first-round pick was Jalen Johnson. Um, the Hawks drafted him at pick 20. Um, so he's a 6'9 forward that basically had a cup of coffee with Duke. I think he played around 12 games with Duke. Um, yep. He had an injury and they shut it down after that, which a lot of players were doing. Um, but, look, he, he had some great games there. I think his, um, his debut, he had 19 points, 19 rebounds and four blocks – so, look, people did speak about him being a potential lottery pick um, and it's possible just obviously not having a full season under his belt. you know, That's the reason why he did slide there. So, look, I'm very excited to have him on the Hawks. I think he's going to be very versatile. Um, he has been compared to a Paul Pierce type of player, which look, Steven he...
1: Jackson comparisons have come up as well. Yeah, man. That's so, true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And look, yeah. he's got the height there again.
0: He probably needs to work on that outside shot a little bit there. And that way that could yeah, probably, you know, yeah. that way you could probably play him at three and four. If you can sort of develop that a little bit more, but look, I think he's going to be a great defender. Um, he's, you know, he's very versatile. Um, look, I guess, Probably, And you'll probably say the same when you're talking about um, Sharif Cooper. Um, we did mention last week the depth that the Hawks team has. They're, they're uh, yeah. a very deep team. So, um, yeah. look, you know, they may be brought along slowly. So as much as we are expecting big things, it may not happen straight away. Um, you know, we yeah. saw with the Hawks last year they had a lot of injuries, but um, Fingers crossed we don't have that this year. But look, if we do, yep. we know we've got the depth and sort of people that can cover it there. So, yeah, very excited to sort of see um, Jalen Johnson. We've got a couple of Jukies on our team now. And, you know, we'll be three if Okafor sticks it as well with, um, with yep. Redditch as well. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of um, my sort of thoughts on Jalen Johnson there. Um, You're going to give us a little bit of info on the second round pick there, Woods. What can you tell us yeah, about Yeah, I, I
1: love Sharif Cooper, man. And, like, I mean... The guy fell to forty-eight in in the draft. Uh, he didn't shoot a great percentage at Auburn, um, and I think um, that was more uh, a situation where he was, uh, you know, given a lot of uh, a high usage rate there. So you know, like Trey, yeah. you can't really judge too much about a guy coming out of college and what he puts up, but he was shooting 22% from three or something or 37% from the field. But I mean, he was tattered as a first round pick, but you know, he's at six foot, he's a bit undersized. But the thing about Sharif Cooper is, and we saw that with that pass he gave to, I mean, let's just talk about that pass. He gave to John Collins, your boy yesterday, man. Tell me about that, man. That was beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, look, I'm not sure if it was the best pass in the world. He threw (laughs) it up and John Collins just grabbed Uh the thing
0: and threw it down. I mean, that's probably twice that John Collins has done that now on, um, on Jared Allen. So that's, Two massive facial dunks he's put on him, but um, yeah, I mean, I think guys like Collins. I mean, you've got obviously someone like Trey that's a great passer as well. So, you know, to have Sharif Cooper coming will be a good thing. Um, How do you think he'll go in terms of minutes there, Woods? Because obviously, you know, we do have DeLon Wright on the roster now, who you know, I'm a big fan of. Last year when Trey was out, there was a lot of sort of Brandon Goodwin playing there. How do you think Cooper will sort of go in this rotation? I mean, the thing is,
1: a two way contract with the G League affiliate, right? And uh, the the College Park Skyhawks, I think they are yeah. right from memory. Yeah. And, and the thing is, for him to actually uh, have uh, extended time with the Hawks, they're going to have to turn that contract from a two-way contract into in a full-time contract. And we talked about TLC Jaliloca. It's unlikely that this year he's going to get that much of an opportunity to play, unless you know there's injuries and and whatnot. But the first thing that you can think about uh, uh, with Sharif Cooper is an unbelievable. Uh, floor general mm-hmm. you know his ability to pass you know he can pass off the dribble yep. he can do log passes, you know he can do uh, cross court passes, he can thread needles. this kid has just got an unbelievable i q and and uh uh, and feel for the game right and, and he'll be he'll to... be
0: learning from Trey every day in practice too so that's that's a really good sort of mentor to have there I mean Trey's you know this is his fourth season coming in now so he can certainly teach a lot to Sharif there
1: and even a guy like DeLon Wright who's a five-year veteran now who knows the, know the knows the ropes well yeah. I mean you look at Sharif Cooper I think straight away of Ish Smith right mm. and Ish Smith 11 year NBA veteran um they're about the same height. They're both both really quick. Their speed speed is very comparable. Um, they've both got a great feel for the game. And if Sharif Cooper can model his game on a guy like Ish Smith uh, and survive in this league for, for 10, 11 years, even do half of what Ish Smith yeah, does, he'd be pretty happy with, with, with what he achieves. But I'm, I'm a huge fan. I can't believe he fell to 48 uh in the draft so it's actually a steal for us and it's yep. probably going to be a project for us let's work on him this year let me spend some time in the G League learn from the likes of Trey Young DeLon Wright whatever um and hey by the way with term, in terms of rookies man let's mention the guy from Trinidad and Tobago you know seven foot johnny hamilton he's probably going to be on a two-way contract mm. as well won't make the, the the league but you know when we talk about the rookies we, we've, we've talked about jalen and sharif but johnny hamilton you know uh, he grew up playing cricket and uh and only picked up basketball when he was about 16. um That's and i've mean. seen him in preseason so far and this kid's got got a good feel for the game as well. And he's worth mentioning
0: as well. No, the future is definitely looking bright for the Hawks. And as we said last week, I mean, when they do sort of, you know, decide on this final roster after this training camp, I think there's going to be some, some very good players that sort of end up without a role there. And look, probably just one last thing about Sharif Cooper there. Woods, obviously having Nate McMillan as the coach there. Oh, hell yeah. Former NBA point guard. So, I mean, I think he's definitely helped Trey in that short time and I could see him doing great things with Cooper there. So, yeah, I think you're you're right with him. I think he's definitely going to be an exciting player going forward, and I'm I'm really looking forward to see him.
1: Me too, man. Me too.
0: Excellent all right well look that's probably sort of comes to the end of sort of our our main things we wanted to speak about there wood so we just sort of look at maybe sort of wrapping it up a little bit now i guess before we sort of went a a little bit further in that um we did have um a a really big shout out we wanted to make didn't we and that's um obviously um two guys that have really been helping us out with the podcast in terms of sort of the production side and sort of just you know guidance and advice and everything so i just wanted to throw a big shout out there to lala and to jeremy so couldn't I couldn't have done this without you boys. So I really appreciate you, you know, what you've sort of helped us with so far and, and, and you know what you're sort of doing, helping us with going forward as
1: well. Yeah, Lala might be on the show in a few weeks, right? That's right, yeah. We, he could be
0: that sort of first guest. We're in talks with him at the moment. So, yeah, absolutely. He could sort of be that one we sort of get on there. So, all right. So, just in terms of sort of um, where you can find us, we're just sort of going to that first. So, I know we did briefly mention it at the, at the start. But, you know, look, you can watch us via our YouTube cha- our channel, Throwback Hoops Podcast. Um in terms of the podcast you know you can sort of find find the podcast on anywhere you download or subscribe your podcast so that could be itunes stitcher spotify podbay um google um i know my daughter's been asking um the the google assistant this week to play the throwback hoops podcast and she's been yeah. she's been playing it every time she's been asked so that's been pretty cool um and what uh, also woods i believe um the twitter address can you sort of give us a, a little bit of info on that as well
1: yeah it's, look it's on the screen below you guys right but we we've we've got a nice following now so please follow us at Throwback hoops now we couldn't get throwback hoops because it's already taken. So the plural is this at throwbacks hoops it's on the screen below you so please follow us uh at the outpouring of support hundreds and hundreds of downloads and listens for the first episode is just unbelievable so i couldn't have even imagined that we'd get uh, such yeah, a good it's following really, in such it's a really short pleasing. period of
0: time and hey woods we had a great sort of um great feedback with the jerseys as well didn't we so we thought we'd sort of would post the jerseys that we're sort of rocking each week on the twitter so yes absolutely look, we'll continue to do those as we said we've got a, a combined you know over a 1,000 jerseys, so we're not going to be running at any time first. Right? Hey,
1: and, and, you know, we got that viewer question from Prabhu and a few other uh, inquiries via email. Where can the audience email us if they if they got anything to say? Well, so the email
0: address, it's throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So if you've got any questions um, you'd like us to sort of speak about on the show, um, if you want to sort of clarify anything, I should point out as well, um, I did have a couple of people sort of asked last week because I think I might have had a slip of the tongue and mentioned that I sort of had lived my adult life in Perth. No, it's not correct. Um, I moved over to Sydney um, as basically, a, you know, a 10-year-old there and I've lived in Sydney since. So, look, I just wanted to clarify that. We did have a couple of people ask about <laughs> that. But, look, if anyone's got any sort of questions or, you know, just advice or wanted to sort of just drop us a line, feel free to email us there or obviously sort of contact us on any of the yeah, other social sure. mediums there as well. Yeah. And so, Woods, is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up this week, mate?
1: Uh, I mean, for all of you who are not watching this podcast, and are listening, this guy Robbie has got the worst mustache ever, man. I, you're looking for a, an alternative career or something, bro. You need to do something about that on your face, man. That shit on your face looks terrible, man. Th- Thanks for the feedback,
0: Woods. Yeah, I just sort of realised it wasn't actually uh, November and November hadn't started yet, so. Look, um, waiting for this um, this Freedom Day, Woody. You might see, you might see a cleaner face next week, and definitely a haircut next week. So, and just wanted to comment on this man bun that you're rocking today as well. I mean, what is this a throwback to yeah. Danny Fortson or something from the Seattle Oh, Center Man,
1: I, I think I look pretty good. I know, I know, my mom would disagree with it, and my wife is like, "You ain't going on screen wearing that thing on your head, are you?" But I think I look good, man. You know what I'm saying? you're yeah,
0: doing all right. Do yeah. it's it probably is a better look than moustache, mate. So I'll pay that. So, <laughs> no, uh, well, look, just really wanted to say a really big thank you to everyone sort of joining us this week. Um, Look forward for obviously episode three to come next week. We've got some great things in store for us there Um, and we look forward to do it all again then. Peace out.
1: Much love. Peace, homies.